Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into Bet the Edge. It's Friday, September 2nd. Thank you, everyone, watching live on NBC Sports YouTube channel. As you can see next to me, Jay Crouch is in the building. He's joining me and co-hosting today. We're rolling out part two of our series on teams we've changed our opinions on since the start of the preseason, and we have a special guest today. Highlight Hennessy, Sam Penionovich, a.k.a. Sammy P. of Nesson, is joining us today. So as we always do, wrap the show with the edge of the day. Jay will be having his first one ever. He's going to be doing it. He's going to give us a winner. If he doesn't, I'm going to hate him. But all that coming up on Bet the Edge, powered by points. Bet Jay, how are we feeling today? Uh, any college football bets for you last night? Yeah, feeling good. Drew Dinsick looks a little bit different today. And uh, good pronunciation sure. of Sammy P's last name. I'm, uh, I'm not going to give it a go myself. Uh, so it'll always be Sammy P to me. Uh, yeah, it's good to have college football back. It's good to have football back uh, in general. Uh, it's been the past six weeks or so. It's been been a lot of tennis, a lot of WNBA, a lot of baseball. So uh, good to have college football back. A couple of good games as well. Really high scoring. Both of the overs yeah. cashing. I didn't have any action on either of them. Did you? Yeah, I mean, I bet uh, Pitt minus six and a half. So I won that by the skin of my teeth. Uh, West Virginia's guy almost caught that pass on the one-yard line at the very end of that game, but Definitely, I was on the group of saying that was incomplete, so I was happy. But if you got West Virginia plus seven and a half, you cashed as well. Uh, so that was nice for people betting that game. Backyard brawl was definitely, definitely lived up to the hype. But, um, you know, I did get on Purdue Live last night against Penn State. Uh, so, you know, my hate for Penn State is back. Uh, Sean Clifford just continues to get it done, man. Aiden O'Connell looked great last night. Um, you have any, you know, look-ahead bets for this weekend in college football or anything? No, I mean for me the focus, like it's it's all NFL and college football Ready? obviously is is massive uh, in its own right. But I think that yeah, like we're seeing a lot of action on Bills Rams uh, in particular. And I'm sure college. I think college is a sport where most of the bets you do get on game day disproportionately, even more so than than the NFL, where there's a lot of early week activity. Uh, so yeah. yeah, still shifting into college mindset. Uh, is there anything in particular that you like? Oh, man, I got a lot of bets out because tomorrow, well, not a lot of bets. My favorite bet is Appalachian State on the money line against UNC. I actually got it at plus two and a half and on the money line, and it's down to App State minus one, minus one and a half now. Um, Just a pros versus Joes game. As you know, Jay, like a lot of people are going to want to play the brand name North Carolina, the Power Five school. It's a short trip, but App State, powerhouse in the Sun Belt. So, yeah, we've, uh, we've talked about that quite a bit, and tomorrow, we're going to talk about it a lot because 11 a.m. on this YouTube channel, myself, Eric Froton, and Brad Thomas are going to be hosting a college football show. Q&As, every question you guys have, we're also going to answer and we're going to know our best bets. So make sure you tune in 11 a.m. Eastern. And also, Jay's on this all the time. 
So in case you've missed it and you missed this guy's pretty face, Matthew Barry and his new show, the Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Barry, the legendary fantasy football analyst is back with NBC and Roto World doing what he does best, sleepers to draft, his love and hate list, breaking down who to start and sit, much more. If you guys haven't seen it, make sure you go check it out. It's on weekdays in the afternoon on Peacock. You can listen to it on podcast form. It's already doing numbers on every app store. So download and subscribe. And you get to see, like I said, the guy Jay Croucher on the show too, uh, eating lobster rolls, getting room service in the studio. I'm jealous. I don't get that in my own house. Let's bring in Sammy P, as we're going to call him. Hopefully I did not uh, do the name incorrectly from Nesson, the New England Sports Network. He's on the Ultimate Betting Show. Uh, first off, Sammy P, how you doing? You introduced us to the Black John Wayne, as he called himself today. And uh, he, he, what, did, what was the Super Bowl prediction? Raiders versus who? Raiders versus Niners, I think. But it's one of those things oh, he changes man. it every day he wakes up. So it's like you never can <laughs> keep it in order. That's my guy, Travis Thomas, Claudia Bellafato. We do a show every day on this at 530 Eastern. Uh, glad to see you two, beautiful gentlemen. Uh, I knew last night, look, we had week zero in college football. It was kind of, you know, we had like six, seven games. It was fun to mm-hmm. take down Nebraska. But college football officially is back. Two things happened last night. Pat Narduzzi kicked the field goal on fourth and two. And James Franklin almost blew a two-score lead. So college football is officially back, boys. (laughs) Yeah, and Scott Frost, of course, dropping the game was the perfect way to just kick off week zero. Everyone, you know, kind of sleeping on week zero, but I felt like there was so much value out there. I had a much better week zero than I had last night. Uh, But before we get into the NFL, let's talk a little college football games because there is a lot of action this weekend. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about Utah Florida. Certainly talking Ohio State at Notre Dame. Um, any other games, though, on your on your card or games you're looking at betting this weekend? Yeah, when you brought up App State, I sort of lit up on the inside. I don't know if you saw it on my face because I, <laughs> I do like App State, but I like another team that is a little undervalued here, and that's um, Southern Miss. The Golden Eagles bring back Ooh. 17 starters, and they have a head coach who's a winner, and that's Will Hall. They played 10 different quarterbacks last year because Will Hall came into campus and is like, I don't have a quarterback. He took Frank Gore Jr., who's a running back, and put him at quarterback. And they still actually, like, they churn butter from time to time. But this is year number two in Hattiesburg. And Liberty rolls in to Mississippi for, like, a 7 o'clock kick. They're going to be drinking moonshine all day in Hattiesburg. It is going to be a wild scene down there. And you have to think about Liberty, what they were and what they are. Let's not cloud the perception and the reality. They were really good last year. But now their quarterback is in the NFL, Malik Willis. And they bring in Charlie Brewer, who was good at Baylor. He was bleh at Utah. And now he's the Liberty quarterback. And I don't think Liberty is going to be able to run it back like they did last year. They had a really, really good season. But last year's over. And I think Southern Miss is barking at home. I took four. We're at three and a half right now. I think they're live on Saturday night in the Sun Belt. I love that look. Yeah, that was definitely one of the games that I was eyeing up to because I saw Charlie Brewer. Immediately when I knew new Malik Willis, you want to look at fading Liberty in every single game possible scenario of the season. So I like that look a lot. I might have to uh, dabble on that and sprinkle too. Um, I saw you were pretty high before we hop in the NFL because I, I've been trying, trying to find an angle on the Ohio State Notre Dame game. And part of me wanted to take Ohio State first quarter minus six and a half, but Ohio State is notorious for slow starts in the first quarter. But Notre Dame, like the quarterback situation, everyone's saying, C.J. Stroud versus Marcus Freeman. And I'm like, Marcus Freeman's not on the field, bro. 
So how are you attacking this game, Ohio State versus Notre Dame? Look, when I talked about this game two months ago, I said it was going to be 48 to 24, Ohio State. But the closer we get to the game, and Jay, you know about this, because, you know, when this line opened up in the summer, it was 10 and a half in Nevada. And then it got to 13, got to 14, and now we're 17 and higher. And I'm like scared because my 48 to 24, I'm like, well, wait a minute. What if Notre Dame goes in the back door? And then I have to launch my TV off the balcony because it's 48 to 31. Like I'm starting to overthink this game so much. So now I'm sort of at the first half where I can lay 10. I just, Jay, I don't want to lay 17 and a half, 18. I don't want to tell your audience to do that because this market opened 10, 5, got to 14, and now we're over 17. Um, I think Ohio State's going to shred them, but I think I feel, I think I feel more comfortable now about the first half minus 10. The secondary is an issue at Notre Dame. The offensive line is an issue at Notre Dame. The quarterback situation is an issue. And the running game is a question mark right now. So this really could get ugly, and I think the market is telling us that. But I hate laying 17 when I could have laid 14 or less. You know what I mean? No, 100%. And I think a lot of people got ruined by Ohio State uh, late last year, um, famously. But they are the team in terms of, what sharp betters have been looking at in the offseason, they're the team who have firmed the most, whose equity has risen the most. And this team is a juggernaut. They're plus 300 to win the the title game, which is fairly short. But there is a line of thought that this team might be better than Alabama. Uh, and if that's the case, then you know 17 points doesn't sound like as much <laughs> against Notre Dame. Uh, yeah. It's a lot of points to lay in week one. But at the same time, I, I think this this is the team. Uh, of, of the year uh, so you want to get on early I definitely Vaughn I'm not going to take 17 or 18 there are a lot of people that'll just play numbers and I understand all yeah. that you know I know some guys that laid 10 and a half 11 and now they're going to take back some 17 5 and hope to middle it on the 17 and good for them that's awesome yeah. if that's what you do that's what you do but man we could look up and this could be 31 to 3 at some point so I'm not going to get too cute I I wish I laid 14. I don't love laying 17, like I said, but I, I think this could get ugly to follow up with Jay said. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement too. I just don't see how Notre Dame's offense will be able to keep up with Ohio State. And I do want to make the note, I think it's 1978 was the year that the last top five AP, AP team was double-digit underdogs. Uh, so it is going to be a historic game in, in, in one way, but – in another way, like I, I can't bet Notre Dame plus seventeen. Like you're not, I, I just Ohio State or pass for me. Uh, but one game I've given out on the show uh, in NFL Week One is the Minnesota Vikings plus two and a half against the Pack. Go Pack, go! No, no, no! Not over here, baby. I'm super high on the Vikings. I see that's the team that you wanted to talk about today. And every single fantasy draft I've done four, I've drafted five and seven. I've got Justin Jefferson every time. I don't know what these people are thinking, Sam, but the Vikings offense is going to be booming this year. Tell me I'm correct. You are correct. Now, full disclosure, I did have Minnesota <laughs> last year with the division. I was really excited. Okay. I jumped on it when we thought Aaron Rodgers was going to retire and roll off into the sunset, and then he came back, and I'm like, oh, what have I done? But the thing about this week one spot is that Rodgers has lost, obviously, his best weapon in Devontae Adams. There, there are some issues on the offensive line, and Minnesota just looks to be a juggernaut on D. This might be the best defense they've had since they went to the NFC Championship and eventually lost to Philly. I mean, Daniel Hunter is back. They brought in some beef on the D-line. So you, you compare that D-line with the questions about Green Bay's O-line and receiving core, 
I think Minnesota wins the game. It's a great teaser piece as well. If you're in a teasers, you can knock two or one and a half up through the three, up through the seven. I love that spot. But I am higher on this team because I've seen the clippings and I've heard the quotes from Justin Jefferson. He's like, bro, I've never been this wide open in my entire life. You know, Kevin O'Connell comes in from Los Angeles and brings a lot of these simplicities of the Sean McVay system where you operate with pace and space. And this offense, I know Kirk Cousins doesn't win big games, whatever. He's got Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Matson, Irv Smith, K.J. Osborne. Like, these guys are going to be split out. Cook's going to be in the slot. They're going to do so many things that they haven't done in Minnesota with Mike Zimmer and his three yards and a cloud of dust BS. This offense <laughs> is going to be awesome. Kirk Cousins might throw for 5,000 yards this year. I'm higher on this team than I was before training camp because I'm listening to guys like Jefferson talk about how much freedom and how much opportunity they have, and that comes with a good play caller. So I agree with week one. I think it's a team that could potentially be a contender for the NFC, and they're going to be a lot better than people think because coaching matters in the NFL. I agree 100%. They were plus 300 to win the NFC North earlier in the season. That's down to plus 225. They're now a favorite to make the playoffs. And all that upside comes from, you know, upside comes from the unknown. It comes from changes. And when you get rid of Mike Zimmer, whose offensive play calling in terms of the analytics and everything has been in the Stone Age pretty much his entire career. Now you bring in Kevin O'Connell, who has just been with the Rams. The Rams were the team that threw the second most on first down. Uh, in the NFL behind only Tampa Bay. And that's pretty much the best indicator that you can get of being in 2021, 2022, of having a modern offense. So, yeah, I've been joking that the Vikings under Zimmer, they were kind of banging sticks together to create fire, <laughs> and now they have modern appliances in their offense. They're going to use Justin Jefferson like Cooper Cup. Uh, that's why he has more upside than any receiver in the league. There's a lot to like about the Vikings at the same time. Like you, Sammy, I've been betting on the Vikings to win that division, I think, for every year of Aaron Rodgers' career. Uh, so that's been a losing proposition. Uh, but I believe in the Vikings. I just The one thing is I question their depth a little bit, where if they start to get some injuries, then I think it will get a bit messy in, in ways that it might not for, for Green Bay because Aaron Rodgers gives you such a, a higher floor than Kirk Cousins. But... Yeah, there's, there's a huge amount of upside in the Vikings. The Vikings played a ton of one-score games last year. I mean, you got they went 6-8 and eight and they're 14 one-score games. Year. You see, yeah, it is every year like that. It's like we know the offense is going to be good and great this year if healthy, but the defense is always the question with the Minnesota Vikings. So, I mean, that's going to be interesting to see. I see it come – you know, you said K.J. Osborne. Like, that's a big guy for me, Sammy. I, I'm really high on K.J. this year in fantasy. And uh, I see some people commenting Irv Smith in the comment section. Um, I traded a fourth-round dynasty pick for DK Metcalf this year, and that guy used that fourth-round pick on Irv Smith. Um, so I definitely think I won that trade. But it's up for debate. Jay, who's your team that you're high on in the NFC this year? San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I'm not sure why people yeah. uh, are viewing this team as, you know, maybe in the second tier of the NFC beneath Tampa Bay, Green Bay, uh, and the Rams. I think that this team has the potential to be just an absolute juggernaut. They're plus 1,000 to get the one seed. Well, we're talking about upside with Minnesota and having a new coach. Well, nothing gives you upside like a new quarterback. And I think that Trey Lance uh, has an MVP level ceiling. I don't think he's going to win the MVP, but that's not outside the realms of possibility. 
when you look at players who have won MVPs out of nowhere, which happens more than you would expect. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, these guys were all north of 30 to 1 to win MVP uh, before they did uh, in the preseason. And Trey Lance is in that zone as well. I don't think there's ever been a fresh quarterback who's in a better position to succeed than Trey Lance, uh, where you have Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. Uh, you have Trent Williams, the best uh, offensive lineman in the league. You have Kyle Shanahan, who's maybe the most creative play caller in the league. And you have a defense uh, with an offensive a defensive line that can wreak havoc, spearheaded by Nick Bosa, and then an improved secondary, uh, which really destroyed them last year, but should be much improved and healthier this year. So I think the Niners have as much upside as any team uh, in the NFC. If I was looking at two teams that could come out of nowhere to win 14, 15 games, I would look at San Francisco and I would look at the Chargers. Um, but yeah, I think that the Niners, the, the sky really is the limit. Jimmy Garoppolo, there were very few quarterbacks who threw the ball less through the air in terms of average depth of target than Garoppolo last year. Trey Lance gives this offense a deep dimension as well. So look, there's a lot of things that can go wrong for the Niners, but there's so much that can go right. And with them re-signing Jimmy G as well, just raises their floor because now they're insulated against injury better than any team in the NFL. Yeah. And you look at that 53-man roster. I mean, we've got the sheet up there. Tampa Bay, obviously, on the top line because they have Brady. Green Bay, number two. The Rams, number three. I think, honestly, the Niners have the best 53-man roster in this conference. Now, the reason the other three are shorter is because they have Brady, Rodgers, and the Rams just won the Super Bowl. They have Stafford and McVay. But I agree. I mean, two years ago, they go to the Super Bowl. Should have won that Super Bowl. Last year, they go to the NFC Championship. Should have won that game. So in the regular season, this team has just been so dominant because they control the line of scrimmage. They're, they're great on the O-line. They're great on the D-line. They have solid coaching. Uh, to follow up what you said, Jay, they, they constantly put their quarterbacks in positions to succeed. So I like them a lot, like win total over, division, plus price. You, know, you could definitely throw a flyer on them to win the championship or win the Super Bowl, but that's when you need potentially Trey Lance to outduel Aaron Rodgers yeah. or Tom Brady. And that's when I get a little nervous. Is it possible? Hell yeah. Of course it's possible. But I think I like them more small picture, more micro than macro. But we shall see. If this kid's better than we think or he's as good as Jay thinks he is, then yes, they could definitely go to the Super Bowl. But I like them a lot, win total, and to win the division. Yeah, I think as long as they put Trey Lance in positions to succeed, uh, you know, give him the mobility, rollouts, let him be athletic and be what do what he does best. And he's a lot better at throwing the ball deeper than Jimmy Garoppolo. Like he posted superior numbers, Jimmy G throwing deep. So I, I'm on that one too. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, Eli Mitchell, like expecting big years from these guys. But uh, Jay, you talked about them potentially re- reaching 14 or 15 games uh, won this year. That team for me in the NFC is the Philadelphia Eagles. And I never thought I'd say this because I sound like I grew up in Pennsylvania, which I did, but I was on the opposite side of the state. All right. Not, not really do I ever believe in the Eagles, but started the season out like I love their schedule. They get the Lions, the Vikings, the Commanders, and the Jaguars. Nice, easy way to get right into the season. And then coming out of your bye week, you're getting the Steelers, the Texans, Commanders, Colts. And it's like a lot of the teams they play, they're either going to be favorites or very small dogs in those games. And you look at the jump for Jalen Hurts going into his next season, and he, now he gets A.J. Brown after, you know, he looked a much better last year, especially in the first month of the year. I really feel like the Eagles can win this division. They can make some noise. 
We know the NFC never has back-to-back winners for the most part. Uh, I think the last time we've had a repeat was 2003 or 2004. So Dallas won last year. It's open. Sammy P, tell me I'm not crazy. Fly, Eagles, fly, right? I like that he tells me what to do. He doesn't ask me a question. He's like, tell me this. Like, I don't think. Tell me I'm right. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> tell me I'm right, damn it. Um, I- I'm not as high on the Eagles as you are. Um, I- I'm lower on the Cowboys than most people. And I think that opens up. In some weird way, we're in agreement because I think Dallas is free falling. And this is usually, you know, my favorite time to start looking at fading Mike McCarthy when he's had a couple years to screw everything up. They have big issues on the offensive line with Teron Smith out until likely December. They've lost so many weapons. I mean, Amari Cooper's gone. Cedric Wilson's gone. Michael Gallup is hurt. CeeDee Lamb could be doubled. And then you've got the Zeke Pollard thing. That could potentially blow up. So I'm not as high on the Eagles. I'm just lower on the Cowboys. Um, But that being said, and Jay, you could touch on this, the movement for the NFC East. I, I think I saw the Eagles to win the NFC East before the draft at like plus 270 at a couple shops. And now they're like plus 140, plus 150. So I know the money is coming in on the Eagles and that's not little old ladies like Marge Simpson betting 25 bucks, right? Like (laughs) that's serious bread coming into the market on Philly. And I do, the one thing I'll save on is I think they have a great coach in Sirianni. I I think it's clear his press Mm -hmm. conference when he started was a dud, but this guy knows what he's doing and he knows how to move the chess pieces around on offense. Yeah, I think the Eagles, look, no team has firmed more over the offseason in futures markets than the Eagles. I mean, before the draft, they were plus 115 to make the playoffs. Now they're minus 170. So you, you just don't get moves like that typically without a quarterback change. Uh, the Eagles, though, they've had so many changes in the roster that almost adds up to a quarterback change uh, with the moves that they made in the secondary, bringing in Bradbury. with adding A.J. Brown, which is the big headliner. Uh, so, yeah, I, I believe in the Eagles. I think that, you know, they might be the fifth or the sixth best team in the NFC, but they might get the one seed anyway because they have the easiest schedule in the league, uh, it, both conferences across that. Uh, and if yeah, if I had to ch- choose a team in the NFC East, I would take the Eagles. I will say I don't think there's that much more meat on the bone with a lot of these Eagles prices just because they've been <laughs> devoured by all the vultures uh, swooping in to, to gobble up their Jalen Hurts MVP bets. Uh, the Eagles to win the NFC to get the one seed. If I was looking at ways to bet the Eagles, I would probably look at Nick Sirianni, coach of the year, um, just because that is so correlated with winning the division, with getting the one seed. So that would probably be the bet that I would have on the Eagles. But yeah, I believe in this team. In terms of their ceiling to win like the Super Bowl, then Jalen Hurts needs to become a top eight, top nine quarterback. I wouldn't project that, but I think that is in play. He's gotten better as a passer uh, each year. A lot of his advanced stats coming out of college, he was rated really highly as well. So, and now there's no there's no excuses for Jalen Hurts. He's in an amazing position to succeed. Uh, and so, if he can take a next step, then they have that next level ceiling. Right now, I'd probably look at the more as a regular season success. Uh, but they're definitely a team to watch. I love to hear that. I know you're probably tired of talking about Jalen Hurts, Jay, because I mean Matthew Barry's yep. been harping and harping and harping all about Jalen. Boy, Matthew loves him. Absolutely <laughs> yeah, adores does. him. If he yeah, he bad, goes. Uh, yeah, he goes. Mahomes one, Jalen Hurts two, Aaron Rodgers three, Brady four, and so forth in terms of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, so yeah, all in Jalen Hurts. T- fantasy status, right? Not just best in the NFL fantasy. Or is oh he- yeah, fantasy is a whole different ball game. But uh, he's uh, yeah. yeah, all in Jalen Hurts, and you know you can see it. Uh, he's 
He's got the weapons now. I mean, he's throwing to Jalen Ragel for game-winning touchdowns last year against the Giants, uh, and Jalen Ragel was dropping the pass because that's what he does. Uh, but now he's throwing to A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, year two. They always have an elite offensive line, uh, so there's a lot of reasons to love Jalen Hurts. He just has to do it himself. Yeah, and it's going to be tough to do with the Philadelphia Eagles, but I will note before we move on, from week 13 to the end of the season, Eagles play the Titans, the Giants, the Bears, the Cowboys, Saints, and the Giants again. If they're making a run for a top seed, they have the schedule to do it. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Before we talk about teams that were lower on, just a reminder, if you guys don't have the NBC Sports Winter app powered by PointsBet, go download it now. The contents are free, easy to play, thousands of dollars on the line. Major League Baseball, PGA Tour, we got the NASCAR circuit, Premier League, and we also got Battle of the Bets back Tuesdays and Thursdays. Greer disagree with our experts. I took the L last night to Kenny Ducey. He went 3-0 and with two-plus money plays. I went 2-1. and So if you guys told us, you made some money either way. All right, so NBC Sports Predictor app. What do you want from your sports book? Better odds? Fast and easy live betting? Sounds like you don't want to just bet. You want to live your bet life. When you bet with PointsBet, the official sportsbook partner of NBC Sports, you get better odds and bigger payouts, all in a fast and reliable sportsbook. Download the app now and sign up with code NBC2000 to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Additional terms and conditions apply must be present in New Jersey, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Colorado, Michigan, Virginia, West Virginia, New York, and Pennsylvania. Void where prohibited, must be 21 Plus, if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan, 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia, 877-8-HOPE-NY 
or text HOPE NY 467-369 in New York, www.pointsbet.com slash terms and conditions for more details. Talking about some NFC teams we're lower on, Sam, let's start with you. Now, this team, people are getting excited about them again. And I'm like, are, we, are we doing this again? Who, am I, who are we talking about? Well, I haven't done this in the past, full disclosure, but I um, I wrote about this on Nessun about three months ago. I said, look, for six straight years, the Giants have been a clown college on the sideline with McAdoo and Judge and whoever the other idiot was that was coaching the Giants. I forget his name because he's forgettable. I said, Brian Dable's going to change things there because for the first time in a long time, the Giants won't be outmatched schematically from a play-calling standpoint. I go, look, last year, the combination of Galladay and Tony and Shepard and Barkley only played four days together on Sundays. So there's a lot of upside here. And then I watched film of Daniel Jones throwing the football. And I went, what have you done? That's the problem. Like, I am so invested on Giants over seven wins, it makes me uncomfortable. Now, is it possible? Yes. Is it likely? Um I don't know anymore. Like, I I really don't because you need to have a quarterback to win in this league. And the more I think about it, they might, Jay, they might be better with Terod Taylor at quarterback. And and look, I'm like, well, Dable's going to do this and Dable's going to do that. And he's going to fix everything. He's going to be like the genie in Aladdin. And then you see some of these throws and you're like, bro, what have I done to myself? What have I done to my bankroll? So I am not as high as I was coming in the preseason on the Giants, but look, the bullets are already out of the gun. Like, there's nothing I can do at this point. Yeah. Uh, the the coach you forgot, Sammy, was the immortal Pat Shermer. Uh, oh, the, uh, brief, brief two-year stint in 2018-2019. Uh, yeah, look, I wouldn't be that optimistic about the New York Giants. There's uh, there's not much reason to be. Uh, I think that, you know, I was talking about there not being much meat on the bone left with Philadelphia Eagles prices and futures markets. There's not much meat on the bone left in terms of the possibility of Daniel Jones being good at football. Uh, there's just been there's been too there's too much of a sample size. I do think maybe with Dable he has a little bit of upside, and I think they have to play Daniel Jones because you know he has more upside than Tyrod Taylor. I don't see Tyrod Taylor leading the New York Giants to the playoffs. I see him as maybe having a higher floor to lead them to seven and ten, but obviously you're not playing for that. You're playing for the playoffs. Uh, so, yeah, the Giants, you know, we rate them as the worst team in the NFC East behind the Commanders uh, and obviously Ooh. the Eagles and the Cowboys. The, if I was looking at Giants markets, you know, I would be looking at the upside of Saquon Barkley, which is in some way tied to the success of the team. But I think Saquon has shown that he can produce independently of the Giants doing well. His rookie season, he had over 2,000 yards from scrimmage on a 5-11 and 11 Pat Shermer team. Uh, so one of my favorite futures bets for players this year uh, is Saquon to win the rushing title at plus 5,000 just because he has so much upside. And yeah, he has a lot of downside as well. And he might just be done. But at plus 5,000, I don't really care about that downside because you're just riding the upside and you're not having to risk too much. So I'm in on Saquon, but out on Daniel Jones. And as a result of that, largely out on the Giants. Yeah, I can't really argue with that either. I am taking the Giants plus six the week one against the Titans. Sorry, in my bank account. So, uh, you know, there will be spots where I like the Giants, but primarily they are a fade. To, they are a fade to me, though, for the most part, especially because I tie. You know, we talked about the Titans already uh, on Monday or last Friday's episode. But Jay, let's hit you. 
Who's the team that you're fading in the NFC? Um, and it better be someone that I like. The New Orleans Saints, I'm fading. Uh, a lot of hype around the Saints. They're kind of the trendy team that everyone likes. Uh, plus 310 to win the NFC South. Tom Brady stays healthy. They're not winning the NFC South. Uh, and my mm. skepticism around New Orleans, it's kind of a macro thing where you should generally be looking to fade teams who their projections are higher because they're projected to have an elite defense. Because defense just fluctuates more year to year. It's so much, it's so turnover dependent. Uh, it's just less steady year to year. You have these great defenses that set the world on fire, like that Bears team in 2018 under Matt Nagy, which is one of the all time great defenses. And then they regress to being like the sixth or the seventh best defense. The Saints might be the best bet in the league to have the number one defense, but it's very unlikely that they get the number one defense just by virtue of the randomness that's associated uh, with that side of the ball. And then you look at the offensive side of the ball, and Jameis Winston's just never been good. Uh, he's been fine, but he's never shown a ceiling to be good in even ways that another quarterback in his division, Baker Mayfield, Jameis Winston's never been as good as Baker Mayfield. So I don't really see the ceiling for Jameis. That receiving core, which everyone is really excited about, well, Michael Thomas hasn't really played football in three years. Chris Olave is a rookie. Jarvis Landry might be washed up. And the offensive line with Trevor Penning going down, losing Teron Armstead, a lot of questions there. And I just think if you're banking on a defense to be the best defense in the league to get you to double-digit wins, then just overall you're in trouble. So, look, I don't think the Saints are going to be 5-12 and 12 or anything, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they're more like an 8-9 and nine type of team. The disrespect for my guy, this, The Winston. disrespect. Oh, my I, God. Hey, after he got LASIK, he had 14 touchdowns and three picks last year. Like, he was actually – Baker could never – he, he also threw the good. ball like 11 times a game. They were handing off every play. It was uh, game yeah. manager Trent Dilfer Jameis. Yeah, but he was efficient. I mean, we could all agree he was actually efficient for the first time in his NFL career last season. Now, look, I'm not, Jay, I'm not going to fight you on the Saints. I think the win total is a very solid number. I have no thought one way or the other. But there are two things that have made me throw up a red flag on the Saints. Michael Thomas, who was supposed to be ready for week one, is all of a sudden like having a nagging hamstring injury after the nagging ankle injury. So now he's nowhere near 100%. And I thought, look, they need to solidify this offensive line. Let's move and let's draft Trevor Penning, who now is out until, what, December, potentially. So, you know, those are two pieces I was expecting to be a part of the fold. Um, Jameis did a lot with less weapons last year. But, look, Jarvis Landry is a cast-off at this point in his career, and, and Chris Olave is a rookie. So I, I like the potential of what they're building there. But in terms of like being able to win nine, ten games right now with this offense and all the question marks, I'm uncertain. I don't, I don't feel one way or the other. But I, I certainly don't love the Saints. That's for sure. Jay, I got a question for you. How many four thousand yard seasons has Baker Mayfield had in his career? Well, he also had uh, a coach that religiously ran the ball and uh, I don't had care. an awesome offensive line. Jameis was putting up four thousand yard seasons when he was throwing eighty interceptions uh, and leading the league. So, which is what I hoped you would say, because the same year that Jameis threw thirty picks, Baker Mayfield threw twenty one. They both sucked. They both. Jameis was in the, I think Jameis is the only guy in the 30-30 club, right? He had thirty touchdowns yeah, and thirty picks, and that's season. special. Like that means he's better than Baker. He's a part of the league <laughs> club. But uh, no, I, I'm I'm higher on the Saints than you guys both are. I, I do understand. You know, Jarvis could be washed up. He'll be a he'll be the third and three target. Uh, Olave will stretch the field. Michael Thomas will hopefully be what Michael Thomas was. But 
I'm higher on the Saints because I'm lower on Tampa Bay. So Tampa Bay is a team that I feel like everybody, just because Tom Brady's there, that they're assuming this is going to be the one or two seed in the NFC. And I will disagree with that. I mean, their season starts off, and Jay, you said something about the Saints in general with the Bucks. The Saints are 4-0 and against Tom Brady in the regular season, but they did lose in the postseason. But we're talking regular season here. But the Saints start off with the Falcons, Bucks, Panthers, and Vikings, uh, compared to the Bucks starting off with Dallas, New Orleans, Green Bay, and Kansas City. Uh, and, you know, the offensive line is totally different for Tampa Bay right now. Like, they have so many injuries. Five guys are banged up. Of course, there's some guys that left. And then you look at the receiver situation. Godwin, Evans, no Gronk, no AB now. They brought in Julio Jones. I mean, I'm just not in love with this Tampa Bay offensive situation at all. And I get the Tom Brady is the GOAT conversation, but – I mean, Tampa Bay's a fade, and New Orleans is more of a play-on spot for me. Quickly, I was talking to Ed Sammons, who runs the book at the Westgate in Las Vegas, and last year he told me his sharpest of sharps were on the Eagles over. They went over five and a half, they went over six, and again, that team wins nine games, makes the postseason. You'll never believe, he said his sharpest of sharps this year, betting under on Tampa Bay. And that's, I love it. that's pretty crazy. You know, like, he, and Ed said, Ed's been booking games for decades, maybe three decades in Las Vegas. He said he's never seen so much sharp money shorting Tom Brady in the regular season than he has this season in Tampa. So I'll leave it at that. The, the, the most respected guys in Nevada that play at that sports book are under 11 and a half wins on Tampa Bay. Yeah. I, I love there's a little kind of, there's some weird stuff swirling around the box, obviously with, Brady's absence and then his comments afterwards because it kind of didn't really explain his absence but just saying that he has a lot of stuff going on that's weird but I I do think with Brady like you cannot project him to fall off a cliff just because he's 45 because he didn't fall off a cliff at 44 or 43 and yes every year he becomes slightly more likely to but I think the perception of Brady is a little bit skewed by just how quickly Peyton Manning fell off a cliff in his age 39 season where he literally went from MVP candidate to worst quarterback in the league in one season. That doesn't mean that that's going to happen to Tom Brady. And look, I'm not a scout. I I wouldn't really read too much in my opinion to read, uh, you know, how well Tom Brady is throwing the ball and the spiral and the zip on it. But he looked fine in the preseason. He was drilling the ball into Julio Jones on 25-yard outs. Uh, His arm has looked fine forever. Uh, So I wouldn't expect (laughs) Brady to pull up a cliff necessarily, but there is always that risk. The offensive line is a bit of a concern. At the same time, they still have Wirfs, they still have Smith, they still have Shaq Mason. That's 60% of an elite offensive line. We don't talk about the other two spots as much, Uh, but they are really (laughs) one injury away on the offensive line from that being trouble. I do think the defense is really good and raises their floor. They still have receiving weapons. And so I think the Bucs will be fine. But yeah, I wouldn't be rushing to back them over 11 and a half wins. And I certainly wouldn't be rushing to back them to get the one seed or these type of markets because it's not factoring in the risks associated with the team. So yeah, I kind of, I'm just neutral on Tampa Bay. I mean, Tom Brady to Julio Jones all season. Who's, who doesn't want that to happen at this age? Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a great season. I got Dallas in my pocket week one. Uh, but, Sam, what have you been working on? Let us know where we can find you and, uh, you know, any locks this weekend because we're all trying to make some money. Well, I would never use the L word on this program or any <laughs> program. Um, aside, from, uh, 
aside from driving to New Hampshire to stuff my kiosk on more Southern Miss bets tomorrow, uh, I'm working on a story right now on nesmbets.com on the uh, three win totals that you should bet before the season starts. Obviously, that'll be up on nesmbets.com, and I'm just trying to find some winners. I don't. I do love Utah tomorrow too. It makes me uncomfortable how much I have Utah minus two and a half and minus three. So I need the Utes and I need the Golden Eagles of Southern Miss. That's what I need tomorrow. I love it. We got all the mid-majors on our show Saturday. Uh, but if you don't follow Sam on Twitter, check him out at SP Shoot. Check out the Ultimate Betting Show weekdays on Nesson as well. It was a pleasure having you, man. Hope you enjoy the weekend and hope you're profitable as well. Uh, peace and love. Good to see you, boys. Peace Say, Sammy. Love. Sammy, that was awesome. Definitely one of my favorite guests we've had lately. But, Jay, if you haven't heard, weekdays are better with MLB Sunday week off. Weekends actually are better with MLB Sunday lead off. Excuse me. Cards presented by Uber Eats. The Blue Jays taking on my Pittsburgh Pirates this weekend. I got my Pirates uh, banner up there in the corner. They're going to get smacked. Also, if you guys haven't heard, the Pirates have lost 15 straight as an underdog on Fridays. They're an underdog today. Okay. But the preview of the game, NBC and Peacock, 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Learn more. Go to PeacockTV.com backslash MLB. Chance to win 25K on the game. NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet. Go download it. Free picking Grand Slam pond contest. But this is the part of the show where we hopefully can make you guys some money because we talked a lot of futures, talked a little college football. But, Jay, this is your first edge of the day. So uh, don't let us down. That's all I got to say. Yeah, first one. And uh, I, I'm not sure it's going to be a popular one, fighting the greatest <laughs> Female tennis player of all oh, time. No. It's the American as well. Uh, Drew like would never. Gonna be, yeah, there's going to be like a, an army of uh, pitch folks coming after me after this one. But <laughs> my fellow Australian, Isla Tomjanovic. Hope I haven't messed up your name there, Isla. I've never actually said it out loud, I don't think. Uh, but she is an underdog to Serena Williams tonight. Uh, there's still some plus 140 about, honestly, I like this number down to even money. I would have Isla favored in this matchup. I think there's been a huge overcorrection based on Serena beating Annette Contevite, who Annette Contevite's been completely lost uh, for months now. Uh, she has no idea where her forehand is going every time she hits it. That was true against Serena. Uh, I don't think that that win over the world number two was as impressive as a victory over the world number two typically is. Isla Tomjanovic has just been rock solid for months now. I think that she has a much higher floor and she won't implode the way Contevite did. And she's just a much better player than Dunka Kovinic, who Serena Williams blasted in the first round. So, look, Serena's played really well. Her serve has been awesome, as it has been for two decades. Uh, but I do worry about her moving around the court a bit. Third match, she played doubles last night. Be a little bit worried about that. And I think that this is where the fairy tale run ends for Serena in the third round of the U.S. Open. Uh, yeah, I, don't I won't take any joy in, uh, in watching her <laughs> last match ever, but that's what it's going to be tonight. Isla wins at plus 140. I guess i got to end at some point, but I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm good on this. I'm team Serena, <laughs> team nothing. Uh, but, you know, I, I think there's value there. And I mean, I've watched a couple of Serena's matches in the past two months, and I just felt like, yeah, like there's a clear drop off and it's an age, you know, it's like Serena Williams, Tom Brady, like they're one the same. Tom Brady takes his L's too. So, all right, I'll ride with you, Jay, but I'm honestly not going to like it the entire time. <laughs> it's a tough um, one. Yeah, it is a tough one. This one's a tough one too, because I, it's hard to ever tell someone confidently, I'm going to take a Mac team on the road to cover against an SCC team. 
but I'm going to tell you here on this show that I'm doing that. All right, so 90% of the spread handle and 89% of spread bets on points bet are on Kentucky minus 17. That's music to my ears. Uh, everybody's sleeping on the Miami, Ohio Redhawks. They're a great team, ladies and gentlemen, but what you might not know, because college football so many games, so many players, uh, there's often suspensions, injuries, et cetera. Kentucky does not have their running back. Chris Rodriguez, 1,000-yard rusher of last season. He got suspended. No Wondell Robinson because he's on the New York Giants now. Those two guys accounted for 52% of Kentucky's offense last year, and Wondell Robinson himself accounted for 44% of Will Levis's completions. Those two guys will not be back on offense for this week one game, obviously. So Miami, Ohio has a significant advantage because they are reloading in the secondary. They had such a good secondary that three of their guys went to the NFL last year, and they brought in two transfers, one from Michigan State, one from East Carolina that's supposed to help them out. Um, being said, Will Levis is an overrated quarterback. So I feel like Miami will have an opportunity to at least control, at least, uh, you know, Kentucky at the line of scrimmage a little bit. But the last thing I'll say is the quarterback situation actually goes to Miami, leans towards Miami as favorable. Brett Gabbard, brother of Blaine, back up to Tom Brady, 26 touchdowns and six picks for Miami Redhawks last year. This kid is a beast. And they averaged 31.6 points per game when he was the quarterback on the field. Uh, so, you know, you get 17, 20 points against Kentucky, you're going to cover 17. I mean, are you with me, Jay? Are you against me? Because lastly, Kentucky goes to the swamp next week, goes to Florida. Very easy to overlook Miami of Ohio. It's, uh, it's always good to ride with the Gabbard family, like I've always said uh, in all my years. So I'm on board with that. I think, look, from a viewing perspective, it's my, when you're taking a 17-point dog, you want the offense. You want the ability to score. And if you go down 21 to 3, that it's not completely over already. Yeah. So certainly with you there, I think that Miami, Ohio should be able to score to keep it interesting. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'm more on board with your pick than you were with me <laughs> fading Serena Williams uh, in New York City at Arthur Ashe Stadium in her last ever tournament. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm on board. Go Red Hawks. Yeah, definitely two underdogs are back in today. Safe to say that for sure. But that's the way we should end our show on Friday. So, Jay, hopefully you enjoyed it. I know I'm no Matthew Barry, but uh, Sammy P was pretty awesome. i got to admit that. He was a good time today. So make sure you guys check out myself, Eric Froton, and Brad Thomas, 11 a.m. tomorrow morning for our college football show. Q's and A's. We're answering every question you have. NBCSportsEdge.com for all the fantasy football content and all the betting content you guys need after you're done listening to, help, listen to us. And thanks, everyone, that did check us out today on the podcast or more NBC Sports YouTube channel. Subscribe, rate us, good luck with your plays. Enjoy the weekend. Wayfair's biggest sale of the year is back. Get ready for Way Day. For three days only, May 4th through May 6th, you can get up to 80% off at Wayfair. Save on sofas and cookware, dining sets and rugs and beds, wall art, bar cards, floor lamps, sailing fans, home decor, all things outdoor, and way more. Plus, everything ships free. Don't miss the sale to get up to 80% off everything home, even a garden gnome. Way Day starts May 4th. Head to Wayfair.com now to start filling your car. Wayfair, every style, every home. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. 
Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. 